I want to take a reading this morning in John chapter 19, and I was blessed with uh, some of the songs, and right off the bat, He Lives, uh, just was, it was an encouragement to me, because I want to speak this morning about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I hope there's something in here for every one of us. I don't know everybody here, I don't know where you stand with the Lord, I don't know about those who are watching today and what their circumstance is, but I hope there's something here that can be a, a help to each one of us, and I want to start reading in John chapter 19, the last couple verses, and we'll read down uh, through the first 10 verses of chapter 20, and the circumstance here we're, we're starting to read about is right after the death of Jesus, where he was taken down from the cross and was prepared for burial and then buried, um, and of course chapter 20 involves the resurrection. Um, So it says in verse 40 of chapter 19, Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloths with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden and in the garden, a new sepulcher wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, Because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Going on to chapter 20. The first day of the week cometh, Mary Magdalene, early. So this is that early Sunday morning. When it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and we know that's John who wrote this down, and saith unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, so John, and came to the sepulcher. And they ran both together, and the other disciple, John, did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen cloths lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, that's John, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. As we think about what was going on in the hearts of those disciples following the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, I have no doubt that their hearts were broken. I have no doubt that they were hurting. That one that they loved so much had been taken and falsely accused, brutally murdered on that cross. They also no doubt felt a lot of shame about how they had responded to everything. For when the soldiers came, they all took off running. 
Even Peter, who tried to kind of sneak in to the trial that was going on, denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. And so all these men were filled with all of this sorrow and shame. And then that morning, Sunday morning, some of them were gathered together. Maybe some were still asleep. But Mary Magdalene, and we know some of the other women, they desired to go and anoint the body of Jesus and just a sign of respect for him. When, when uh, Jesus had died and he was placed in that tomb, we know that was the tomb that Joseph of Arimathea owned, that uh, he had secured that for Jesus and asked that the body be put into that place. And because the Jews had heard Jesus speak of rising again in three days, they were concerned about his disciples taking and stealing his body and making it look like he had resurrected. So they had secured from uh, Pontius Pilate a Roman guard to stand guard outside that tomb to make sure that nobody would touch it. In fact, they put a Roman seal on that tomb. To symbolize, if you broke this seal, you were violating the laws of Rome because Rome said this tomb needs to stay closed. And so when Mary came that morning and found those disciples, and she told them that she had gone to that tomb, and that when she came to the tomb, the stone was rolled back. And when she looked inside, there was nobody there. There was not a body in that tomb. No doubt, there were probably lots of feelings rising up inside those men. They were probably surprised. Maybe they were wondering whether she went to the right place. And no doubt, these men are probably feeling a lot of anger. Like, who would dare? I mean, haven't they done enough? him and now somebody wants to go and take his body what are they doing to our lord this is just horrible and so in fact two of them were so charged up with emotion and energy that they didn't walk they ran to the tomb because they wanted to see what had happened and as these men were going there we don't get the sense that they were loaded with this expectation and this hope of a resurrection Because it tells us down there in verse 9, For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Now Jesus told them it was going to happen. Yes, and he did. Jesus had told them. But there are a lot of things that Jesus told them that they didn't really get. That they didn't really understand. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of things that I read in this book that I haven't really got yet. Yeah. You know, it's not really hit me. I haven't, I haven't really grasped it and understood all of it. And, and these disciples were no di- different. And they, they had their expectations of what the Messiah was supposed to be. And, and probably they were thinking, you know, the triumphal ride into Jerusalem on the donkey made a whole lot more sense about what they were expecting of Jesus than what happened on Golgotha at Calvary. That didn't make sense to them with what their expectations were in Scripture, certainly of him being buried. So they didn't understand all of those things. So they ran to this tomb, no doubt wanting to see if this was true. They probably had all sorts of feelings boiling up inside them. And when they came to this tomb, what did they find? They found an empty tomb. Well, that's exactly what Mary Magdalene said they would find. His body's not there. They found an empty tomb. So, so far, what Mary Magdalene said checked out. 
They also saw something there that was surprising. They saw those linen cloths. And back in chapter 19, verse 40, we saw that those were the cloths with the spices that the Jews wrapped bodies in to bury them. Those were the burial cloths. And so whatever had happened, the body of Jesus had been unwrapped. It was no longer wearing those linen cloths. But then there was something else in that tomb that that John goes into detail about. And I think this is a really important thing because this is this is really the crux of the message, because one of the things that we read about here, because John doesn't refer to himself, he talks about the, the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, all those things. What he says about this disciple in verse eight, the one that came first to the sepulcher, he said he saw and believed. Nobody could know that except the person who felt it, right? That's the one who wrote it. And as he is writing this account under the inspiration of the spirit, you know, John is also pouring this out of his experience, what he had gone through. And as he goes through the details of what he saw in that tomb, what Peter first saw, but then what he saw afterwards, he talked about those linen cloths, but he said there was also a napkin. There was a napkin in that tomb. Napkin was a face cloth. It's, it's, like, it's like this. It's like a handkerchief. I'm, I'm one of those guys who carries their snot in their pocket, right, with, with a handkerchief. And they had handkerchiefs back then, right? And, and, and they used those to wipe their sweat off, all those things. Those people worked hard. It got hot there just like it gets here. And they used those to wipe sweat off. But they also would use it in a burial, unfold it, and they would place it over the face of the one who had died. And John saw that napkin. He saw that handkerchief. It says here, wrapped together in a place by itself. And that phrase, wrapped together, means to be neatly composed so that one part covers the other. He meant it was folded up neatly. That napkin that had covered the face of Jesus was folded up neatly and laying to the side separate. By itself. That's what John saw. That was something that was significant to him. And it says when he saw, he believed. And I want to think about that folded napkin a little bit today. I want to understand what the significance was of that napkin. Because when they saw the empty tomb, Mary Magdalene had seen the empty tomb. And she didn't come back going, oh, he's risen, he's risen. Praise the Lord, he's risen. She came back and said, somebody stole his body. That was her expectation when she saw that. You see, this was not a resurrection happy culture. These people did not expect resurrections. It was not something that happened all the time. In fact, when the Apostle Paul went and preached at Mars Hill and he was talking to all those people about the gospel, about the unknown God that they foolishly worshipped, they didn't really know who it was. And he spoke about how this gospel is true because the Lord has appointed a day and he's given assurance by raising the man who's going to be the judge on that day by raising him from the dead. And the Bible says when the people heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And there were others that said, we want to hear more about this. But when... 
Paul spoke to people about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, many people just made fun of him. They just mocked him. You, you are crazy. Right at that point, they said, okay, we're done. We don't need to hear anymore. You're just another nut. And they would not go any further with that. And so when we think about how the gospel spread and how all those people were getting saved and turning and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ in those early days, those were not a people who were primed to believe in the resurrection. That was not common. That was not something that they thought would happen. There was something else causing them to believe because that was not their expectation. And so when they came and they saw the empty tomb, I don't believe that alone was what caused John to believe. When he looked in there and he saw not only the tomb, but he saw those linen cloths lying there and that napkin that was there. No doubt John was aware that Pilate had set a guard. I mean, this was not going to be an easy place to go and steal a body. That had been sealed by Pontius Pilate. And if somebody was actually able to overcome that Roman guard that was out there and move the stone away, they were not going to go in there and take the time to unwrap the body, pull off the napkin, off the face, neatly fold it and put it back and run off with the body. I don't know if anyone's ever broken into any one of your houses before to steal anything. I hope you've not had to go through that. But they usually don't fold your laundry when they come in there, do they? No. They don't. They're coming in there to grab stuff. They go and they topple stuff over. People, that's usually how they know. They come in and there is a huge mess because people have just been running in there pilfering because they realize they don't have a lot of time. And if they had somehow overcome that Roman guard, they wouldn't be going in there and unwrapping that body and taking the napkin and folding it up. That is just not consistent with a theft. And so as John is walking into this tomb and he is looking at all of this, it doesn't add up. What Mary said, that someone just came and took his body, it doesn't add up. No doubt John was thinking back in his mind to some degree about things he had witnessed with Jesus. Because Jesus had raised two people from the dead. John was there most recently when Lazarus was raised from the dead. He was there on the spot when Jesus told the people there at Lazarus's grave to open the tomb, to roll back the stone. Lazarus had been dead for a few days and they were concerned about the stench. And it was there at that place that Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And if we were to read about that in John chapter 11, when Jesus said that, it says he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. So he was kind of hopping out of this grave in those linen cloths. And it says that his face was bound about with a napkin. So they had used this on Lazarus, a napkin, just the same way 
And Jesus said unto them, loose him and let him go. So there was that whole situation at Lazarus' tomb where they had to go and unwrap this and pull the face cloth, the napkin, or the handkerchief off of his face and loose him. That's what happened there with Lazarus. And John had been there for that. He had seen that happen and he saw how that worked. And it was amazing, but it was kind of messy. Right? It was amazing, but it was kind of messy. And he had been there when Jesus had raised up the widow of Nain's son. I mean, a funeral procession is going on and this widow had lost her son. And Jesus had compassion and brought her son back to life. He had been there for that. And so there were at least two. And of course, there was another one as well. And it's hard to know how much the disciples understood about that at the time when that girl was was resurrected. But he had seen Jesus do that. But this was different because Jesus was the external actor. Those people were dead. Lazarus was dead. The widow's son was dead. That girl was dead. And Jesus came on the scene and Jesus did it. But here, Jesus was dead. So how is Jesus going to raise Jesus? He knew this was different. But when John looked in that tomb and he saw that not only was it empty, but those linen cloths were lying there and that napkin that had been on the face of our Lord was taken and folded neatly and laid to the side. It wasn't what was missing. That produced such faith in John. It was what was there. Yeah. That produced right. that faith. You get that? That's right. It wasn't what was missing. That prompted John's belief. But what was found in that place. I think that napkin folded neatly there. In John's mind could have absolutely no other explanation but that Jesus himself had rose from the dead. There was no need to hurry. (laughs) Those guards were nothing. I mean, remember when the guards came to take Jesus and they said, you know, we're looking for Jesus. And Jesus says, and the Greek, he says, I am. That's pretty significant. And those people just fell down. (laughs) I mean, they were nothing to him. And this Jesus had risen from the dead and he, the clothes were there and the napkin was laid there neatly folded up. It was in that place where he expected to find chaos or emptiness. He found order. That's right, yeah. He found order in that place where there was an expectation of chaos or emptiness that caused John to see and to believe. And right there is a picture for every one of us who know the Lord about what it means to have the Lord in your life. It means to have the presence of something in a place where it doesn't necessarily make sense to have it. You know, we talk about having a peace that passes understanding. It means it doesn't make sense. To be able to be in a situation where you would expect chaos, where you would expect to be completely downtrodden and overwhelmed, but in the midst of something so horrible, to be able to have peace in your heart 
It's just like that folded napkin. To be able to be in a situation where you expect there to be great pain and sorrow. But even in that moment, to be able to feel joy in your heart. To be able to feel a love in you. To go into a place where maybe you expect to find hate or rejection. And to find love instead in that place is an evidence. To go into a place where you expect there to be total despair and to feel hope in that place. My friend, there's nothing like that. All of those things, just like the napkin, are evidence of the fingerprints and the footprints of our risen Lord still moving and walking about in this place. He's not dead and he's alive and he's still moving and touching and doing things and bringing order to chaos in all of our lives. If we would but look and we would but see and we would but honor him. There at uh, Huntington Missionary Baptist on Sunday nights, we've been going through the book of Ruth. And that's one of those things that from chapter two that Naomi and that book of Ruth is really about Naomi. She lost her husband. She lost her sons when they had run off from Bethlehem into Moab. She came back and she told all of her friends, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant or happy. Call me Mara, which means bitter, because I am empty. I left with my family and I came back with nothing. I don't have anything now except this Ruth. She wouldn't leave me. I still got her, but I have nothing. But in that second chapter... We see that when Ruth went and just happened to come upon the field of Boaz in that place. And Boaz showed her compassion. And Boaz allowed her to glean in that place. And, and sent her back full with barley from that day's work. Naomi saw that and she didn't see chance. She didn't see that was just something that happened. She saw the fingerprints of the Lord and it warmed her heart. It changed her Outlook. And my friends, as the people of God, we need, those of us who know the Lord, we need to see those fingerprints. We need to call them what they are. We need to recognize the footprints of our risen Lord moving about in our life and give Him the honor and glory that He deserves from it. I... In my own life, and I know I'm probably younger than a lot of you, maybe the same age as some, maybe a little older than others. But in my own life, I've seen those things. I know what it is to experience those things from time to time that just don't make sense to the outside world. I know what it is to look into the casket of my daughter and not feel hated by God, but loved by God. That don't make sense. That's right. That don't make sense. But neither did that folded napkin. No. That didn't make sense either. Unless it was Jesus Christ. Amen. Unless it was evidence of the presence of the Lord in that place. And when John saw, he believed. And folks, not only is it important for us to see those things and to recognize those things and to honor the Lord. But we need to be that in the lives of the people in this world. People need to be able to look at us and we need to be the unexpected. 
We need to be the hands and the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ in a place where they may expect to feel rejected, where we're willing to love them, in a place where they would find expect to find chaos, that we might be a, a person of order, someone who would speak truth when there's all this lies and confusions. But to be that and for them to see us and to recognize there's something different about you. There's something there that doesn't make sense because I don't know about you folks, but I am nothing more special than a handkerchief. There is nothing special about that handkerchief except the fact that it had been on the face of the Lord and that it was folded by the Lord and placed out in that tomb. That's the only thing that made that handkerchief any different than any other. And my friends, it's the same thing for every one of us. We are nothing special in this place. We're nothing. But if we have seen the face of the Lord and His presence is in us, and we are willing to be folded and used and placed by Him conspicuously wherever He would place us, my friends, we can be used by Him to help people see the One who's doing that in our lives and help them to come to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we need to be. And friends, today, you're watching or you're here, I don't know everybody. But if you don't know the Lord... I hope in this place, I hope in the messages that you've been hearing, I hope in the lives of the people in this place, you have seen something out of place in this world. Something that doesn't make sense in all the chaos and the confusion of this world and the emptiness of this world. Something out of place. And I'll tell you, my friends, it's not the desire of anybody here to lift themselves up, but to tell you about what it is that made them different. What it is that made such a difference in your life. And I'll tell you this, that if God is dealing with your heart and you feel that unsettledness inside you, you feel when you hear these words and you hear the message of the gospel that's been faithfully preached, when you feel unsettled, my friends, That, too, are the fingerprints of our Lord, where he is reaching down through his spirit and he's touching and he's moving and he's drawing and trying to show you and bring you to a place that would be better that you could be a napkin, too. Right. That you could be that, too. My friends, we simply need to open our eyes. We need to open our eyes and see what the Lord is doing because he has not stopped moving since he came out of that tomb. He has not stopped moving on this earth and leaving handkerchiefs folded all over the place since he went back to glory. But he is continuing to work today. And may we see and may we believe. May we believe. Scott, give it to you, Father.